Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries. It's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Hey, hey, hey. Today's guest in his growing up days way up in the upper peninsula of Michigan where it gets cold. He excelled in multiple sports in high school but focused his attention on football in college at Northern Michigan where he ran the show at quarterback winning a national championship. This set the stage to his career as a league-wide respected NFL coach for the Niners, the Falcons, the Lions and most recently, for now, turned his whistle in for the broadcast world. His name will forever be synonymous with this great game. He also loves to give back. Where I met him years ago at a charity event in Marquette, Michigan. It's time to get it on and celebrate a wonderful life lived and still living. Welcome to a Mississippi Minute, the Mooch, Coach Steve Mariucci. Hey, Coach. A Mississippi Minute, huh, Steve? This is awesome. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Good stuff. You're my third NFL coach. I, I keep thinking that I got to run laps after everyone. Foxy, and I, I had uh, Coach Mora, and now you. So I'm, uh, I'm. If I can survive you, then I feel like you know, without running laps or feeling like you know, I've done something Dave, wrong. What, what, which Coach Mora, senior or junior? I, I had junior on. So junior was on my staff, you know, in San Francisco. I, I did know that. In fact, I think we talked okay. about it. Remember when his dad? One of the great moments for interviews when his dad went. Playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs. Okay, so the backstory of that one is we, the 49ers, were playing at the Colts, okay? Right. And Jim Moore Jr., you know, Jim's son, is my defensive coordinator. And we went in and beat them, and we intercepted Peyton four times in that game, and we beat him good, you know? So Jim Moore Sr. was in the very next room where I was doing my press conference. <laughs> And, and somebody asked him about playoffs, and that was his answer. You Playoffs? Oh, playoff? my God, that's and, so funny. And so it, I was there, and his son helped, helped you know, spur that moment, you know, where we beat him. It was so much fun. I mean, it's a, you see it all the time, all the time. That's like a, you know, a uh, it's a it's a highlight of a coach. <laughs> I oh, know, that's never going to die. No, yeah. no, I love it that his son was uh, on the other side uh, causing uh, habit. Hey, so yep. so, coach, when was Rice there? He was there. We were together for four years. My first, I was in San Francisco for four years. I'm sorry, six years. Jerry was there for the first four. Okay. And how about this, Steve? Though my first game coaching the 49ers, 
I had come from the University of California at Berkeley. I was the head coach there for one year. And the nine, Eddie DeBartolo and Carmen Policy said, all right, you're coming over to coach the Niners. And what? Anyway, so I'm the new coach of the Niners. <laughs> and the first game, first game, Steve Young gets hurt on the 12th play with a concussion. Yeah. Warren Sapp, who worked with us at the network, Warren Sapp was one of their great players. He hurt Steve with a concussion, boom, on a scramble sack. And on the 27th play of the game, I called a reverse to Jerry Rice, and Sapp got him and blew his knee out. Yeah, and so my right. first year, my first year with Jerry Rice lasted a quarter and a half, and and uh, me was blown out. Oh my God, I was going like, oh, I got to go back to Cal. This yeah, it's just not working out. <laughs> but well, let, me, really good, let yeah. me ask you something there. You said you know the owners. You obviously had some sort of relationship before, or they had their trust in you to come straight from college to run an NFL team. Was that something? that you aspired to do, uh, and, and did you guys have a relationship? Were they watching you? You know what I mean? I did not ever meet Eddie DeBartolo until that started, okay? Um, he was the owner then, <clears throat> one of the greatest owners, maybe probably the greatest owner ever in sport. I had never met him. I had met Carmen Policy, who was the president of the Niners, <clears throat> a couple times. And it initially started where... Yeah, they must have been watching me or whatever. Maybe they wanted a short Italian guy. I don't know. But <laughs> they they definitely wanted somebody, you know, to you – know, George Seifert was getting up there in age. Initially, they approached me and said, would you come and be George's offensive coordinator and assistant head coach and then, and then work into the position when George retires in a year? And, and I, I – after thinking about it, I said, I can't do that. I can't leave Cal to go be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. I, it, certainly not after one year. Right. And even it, it, within, I don't know, a week or two or whatever, George decided to retire. George Seifert had won two Super Bowls. And uh, great guy, great coach. He replaced Bill Walsh. And he decided then to retire and now coach one more year. And then that's when they called me and said, we'd like to have you as our head coach. So it happened really fast. It was very unusual. Um, so wh whether they were watching me or not, I suppose they were. But here's, here's the reason they probably did it. I had coached for Mike Holmgren. <coughs> I'm sorry for coughing. Excuse that's all right. I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I, I, you, I you can cough on Holmgren this show. It's all good. When I was coaching Brett Favre and, and uh, learned the West Coast offense, Mike Holmgren had come from the Niners. Mm -hmm. So it my offense was, you know, what I learned was exactly what the 49ers were doing. So they didn't want to change offense to the run and shoot or the wishbone or anything. They wanted to continue with Steve Young and, and Jerry still had a good team with the same exact offense. Well, that's what I provided, you know, the same, you know, some continuity right. with, their, with their offensive scheme and doing it the same kind of way in training camp and practice routine. So there was, there was a, it made sense on a lot of levels to hire a young guy that knew the drill, so to speak. But uh, it, it happened fast, and it was, it was kind of a shocker to us all. You know, Favre, you, you mentioned Favre back then. Brett and I did a record years ago. We were somehow paired to do uh, this NFL project. And uh, it was, I don't know what it was for. It was called Gridiron Records. But the bottom line is we made a record together, and I spent that year that 
Super Bowl run when 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 that all went down, I was at every game. So I did the anthem in '96. Yes. In now were you you were there, right? Or had you left? No, because I left. I left in '95 after right after ah. the. Uh, we went to the NFC Championship game. Got beat by the Dallas Cowboys with Michael Irvin and right. Troy Aikman and Dino Sanders and Emmett. And then that's when I got the head job. <clears throat> Get this. So I was offered the head coaching job at Cal, and I was with Brett in the Packers for four years, and we had a good young team. And <clears throat> I really didn't want to leave, obviously, but <clears throat> it was a chance to become a head coach. So. So when I finally accepted it, because I had coached at Cal previously as an assistant, uh, Brett called me up. And you know Brett. He's, he's, he's crazy. I love him to death. Yeah. And he called me up, and he said, Mooch, he says, you can't go. You can't leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he <laughs> says, you can't leave me now. we got things going here. And, and I said, you know, it's a chance for me to get a head coaching job, Brett. If I stay here, I, I don't know when I'll get another opportunity. He says, I will pay you whatever they're paying you at Cal for you to stay. Wow. Now, see, I knew I, I knew he wanted said, you. I will pay you. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm, they're offering about $17 billion a month. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and, so, and he was very emotional, and so was I. But uh, I don't know how many people know that story, but he, he offered me uh, to match salaries just to stay in Green Bay. And and it was uh, we had a good relationship, as you know. So I know and, that well, I was getting to the point. I didn't know that, but and so that really solidifies uh, my point. My point was I knew he really loved you and wanted you to be the guy because we used to talk about it. I mean, he was. A, I mean, this is back in. You're talking mid '90s, and I remember these conversations. '96. Yeah, yeah, and I remember yeah. having these conversations with his dad. So. They really respected you, and I, and I know you would hunger them and all that. I so I felt like there's another example of. I mean, that's just a testament to you. We're with the Mooch, Coach Steve Mariucci. We're gonna be right back. No, I don't mind. Oh, I don't mind. Most of the time. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. There ain't no street in this town where the memories don't let thick on the ground. I'm Steve Azar, I'm back with the Mooch, as they call him, and uh, introduced by my good friend, US, former U.S. ski team member Terry Ahola. Who grew up in the same neck of the woods, uh, and uh, and and so he set this up for me, and and actually that's how we met years ago at your event, and uh, I love that. So, coach, let's go back to high school, cause I I've I got to tell you, I've always been a fan of of you and Foxy, and I just don't call any coach to interview them. This is all about the coaches I really have admired in my life. And from afar, I've just loved the way you held yourself and and, and how you, 
just everything about you. And it could be the fact that I've got Lebanese blood in me and you've got Italian and, you know, and I, and all my Italian friends farm down here. I don't know. It could be a combination of things, but, but let me ask you, you and coach Izzo grow up. This is to me the most bizarre story. You guys have got to write a book one day. You grew up in high school, right? You go to the same. No, we grew up before that, Steve. We fifth grade, fifth grade, all the way up. Take our listeners through this incredible journey, and how the heck can two of you end up in two major sports and be that effective and matter that much? It, I mean, was there something in the water or in the coke y'all were drinking or whatever the Gatorade? Just take me back yeah. growing up together. We come from a small town in of Iron Mountain, Michigan, about six thousand residents. And it's up in the Upper Peninsula where the snow is deep. And it's very blue-collar, uh, very uh, – it's a, it's a town in an area where the, you get raised by the village, okay? Parents know all the kids, and, uh, and, and you have to work for a living. You have to get up and shovel snow just to get to school. And, and so, um, you, it, you know, it's not Hollywood, all right? And so, you know, yeah, we're best friends right now, Steve. But it wasn't always that way because in fifth grade, we hated each other's guts. Wow. And I'll tell you why. Because I went to the Catholic school on the north side. He went to the public school on the west side. Iron Mountain doesn't even have south side because there's, so it's not big enough for four sides. Okay? Right. <laughs> and, so, and so we would compete against each other all the time. In fifth grade basketball was my first uh, time around Izzo. And this kid because I was more of a defensive thug, and he was, he, was, he was really good on offense. He was dribbling both hands behind his back, the whole thing in fifth grade, yeah. okay? And I'm going, <laughs> wow, this guy's pretty good, but I'm going to stop him. And so then we competed against each other in Little League baseball, youth football, everything. We were like <clears throat> crosstown kind of rivals. Well, when you get to high school, yeah, there's only one high school, all right? Um, now now we've become teammates, and we're the captain of, of all the sports. We were the captain of football, basketball, and track. And, in fact, in football, our senior year, we lost every coin flip. I don't know how you do that <laughs> for 10 games. And then, <laughs> but, but then we decided, hey, we're going to go to college together, wherever that would be. Ended up to be Northern Michigan University. And neither, neither one of we were good high school athletes. You know, but that's where that's what we were. Um, we weren't getting recruited by everybody, so we we went to Northern. He he walked on, and I was on a little partial scholarship because the coach knew my dad, and and then so we lived together in college <laughs> in the dorms, and then we lived together after, um, and and so we we became you know closer and closer friends. We were together all the time. Chosen brothers, and, I love it. And, I love and, it. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, we're best man in each other's wedding. We're godfather of each other's kids. We know, we know all the secrets, okay? Yeah. We know all the secrets. Yeah. And, and we remain best friends. We always will be. Such wow. a, he's such a fiery coach. And, and I've, seen that, I've seen that since fifth grade. I mean, he's, he's just such a competitor. And uh, he gets the most out of his kids. And you know what, Steve? You know what? You know how he gets pissed off at his players yeah. if they don't hustle or do the right thing, right? You know, and, and all coaches do, but all, we all do it differently. We all show emotion differently. But he's, he's like that if they don't go to class. 
Yeah. I mean, he's old school disciplinarian. He expects the most out of his kids every day of their life, whether it's on the basketball court, whether it's in class as a student athlete, whether it's a guy out socially. He expects them to grow, go from a young, a young boy to a young man and, and, and to, uh, to grow up and choose the right things and, and do, you know, be a guy that the school's proud of and, and all of that. Right. And you know what, Steve? I love that. And I, I, deep down, I think everybody loves that. Well, who wouldn't want to play? If you're an athlete, who wouldn't want to play for that? It's, it's, it's sheer you're parent, passion. Steve, yeah. If you're a parent, don't you want your oh. don't you want your son to go where the coach is going to make sure he does everything right? Yeah, and go to class, and he's not going to get in trouble, and he's going <clears> to <throat> he's going to behave, and he's going to he's going to graduate. He graduates more of his guys than uh, you know ninety three percent of yeah. the other schools. I mean, well, he keeps his players uh, too, and I know in a in a time where you know you're seeing even Duke now you know gravitating towards Chesky's. I mean, you know he's. Coach K's grabbing people he's getting for a year now. Like, you know, Kentucky was yep. doing it the most in Arizona. It just depends, I know. But, I mean, you're, his kids stay. It's amazing, you know. Well, but, you know, part of that is, you know, the Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, they get the one-and-done kid more often than anybody, right? Right. And, and, and Izzo at Michigan State, he recruits some of those kids. He had Jaron Jackson come out last year after one. But once in a while, that'll happen, Zach Randolph. But he usually gets the next next tier kid in recruiting, and they stay because a they love it, b because uh, you know they just it, it they become a better basketball player, better better more ready to do the NBA thing um, after after spending two three years with Izzo. So that's why he gets a lot of the kids because they usually are uh, sophomores, juniors. Once in a while, they'll get to their senior year. And uh, they got it rolling over there because it's just a <clears throat> very unique spot. I love it. I love my, it. And I've been a Michigan State guy all my life. My dad went to school there. My dad was a box, two-sport athlete at Michigan State. He was a boxer and wrestler wow. at Michigan State. That's why I never mess with my dad. No, 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 no. You, you would, you would lose. You would lose. But second of I all, l- let me ask you. So national championship in football uh, was that your senior year? No, my sophomore year. Wow. Young. And so the Steve, get this. Glad you brought this up. The only time in the history of sport, and, and I shouldn't say that because we didn't research Little League Baseball, but we researched all of professional sports, all the four major sports, and, and then and NCAA sports, men and women, NAIA, men and women. No team has ever gone from winless to national champion. <laughs> That's crazy. Excuse me, that's what we did. In in 1974, our team was 0 and 10. Okay, at yeah. Northern Michigan University. The next year, we won the national championship. We were 13 and one and won the national championship. That's never been done before. What happened? Sport. Well, I know when people learn that, they go, "Whoa, you better get investigated." Um, we we added a coach named Buck Nystrom, who might be the greatest football coach of all time. In fact, Izzo coaches a lot like him. He was old school, yell, scream, you know, the whole thing. Um, we added some transfers that came in from Michigan State and Central Michigan that signed some junior college kids. We, we just got, a, we just had a better team. We just had a better team, and and um, so and then like two two or three quarterbacks got hurt in front of me, and uh, 
boom, I'm all, all of a sudden I'm playing in the first game. So it was just kind of one of those miraculous years where you win a bunch of close games and, and uh, you know, the whole thing. And so you beat, you know, beat Boise State and beat Central Michigan who had won the national championship the year before. And Anyway, it's quite a story. Uh, we, we, we communicate a lot together uh, as, a, as a former team in 1975. But uh, You didn't beat my Delta State, uh, as we call ourselves, the Fighting Okra with the Statesman. You didn't run into Delta State, did you? Because that's where I went to a D2 school. I don't, think, I don't think Delta State wanted to play us, Steve. I, I don't <laughs> whoa, think so. Whoa, now, hold on. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, not that year they didn't, but, but no, I love it. Listen, we're going to go into a break, but you get to play DJ. I love this part of my show. It's, uh, it's when we get to celebrate the birthplace of American music. So. We have had a lot of incredible artists. Coach, would you like to hear a little Jimmy Buffett or Conway Twitty? Oh, I love Jimmy Buffett. We're going to lay it down. Little little Jimmy Buffett. I'm Steve Azar. That's that little Margaritaville. Okay, we can hear Margaritaville. We're going all the way in. We got the exact request. We're on the same line, on the same, well, the same page, same line, same word. Hey, hey, Steve. Yeah. Steve, Brett Favre is calling me right now. No, yeah, pick the phone up. <laughs> Let's do it. Pick it up. Hang on. <clears throat> I'm going to tell him I'm talking to you. I'll be right with you. All right. We're with the Mooch Coach Steve Mariucci. Right now, our own Mississippi boy, Brett Favre, is uh, taking away Coach Steve Mariucci. Let's hear a little Buffett. It's my own Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Steve Azar, I'm with Mooch, Coach Steve Mariucci. We were interrupted by one of our very own who, who takes a Mississippi Minute to an extreme, Brett Favre, but that's all right. Okay, Coach, I want to ask you something. So, being a college and a pro coach, the challenges, you got recruits you're trying to get, you don't get them all. And you got as a pro coach, you're dealing with a GM sometimes with a, a, a sizable ego. Um, what's what's worse? What's worse? <laughs> what's worse? Maybe you should ask Steve. What's better? Um, because they're both awesome. All right, um, it's a privilege to be a coach in the NFL. There are only 32 of them, and it's a privilege to be a major college coach or even a high school coach or a little league coach. It's a privilege. To me, coach is like maybe the second best thing you can call somebody other than dad. I mean, it's right up there, okay? Yeah. Because it's uh, it's an authoritative figure that has an impact on kids uh, or 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 athletes. And so, <clears throat> football is football. So if you're coaching in the NFL or coaching in college or coaching in high school, it's still teaching. It's still motivating. It's still, you know training and trying to improve these guys for a common cause. I mean, it's it's all of that, but there are some real differences that you, you, you mentioned a little bit between college and the NFL. You know, in college, you know, you have the kids that are 18 to 21 years old and very formidable years where they're trying to decide what they want to be in life, mm-hmm. who they want to be, how they want to live, what 
profession? Do I get married? Where do I want to be? What kind of lifestyle do I want to pursue? Because they don't all play pro football, all right? They all think they can do that, but they, you know, less than one percent can make it. But uh, so, so that is kind of a fun age group to coach. Yeah, you got girlfriend problems and agents trying to steal them and homesick and eligibility and yes, recruiting and all of those issues that go with it. But it's challenging, but it's awesome. Okay. All right. In the NFL. <laughs> You're dealing with the cream of the crop, the very best athletes at what they do in their sport in the world. Um, some are kids like they're 22 years old. Some of them are 38 years old. I mean, we take bed check. See, night before the game, we're taking bed check. And I'm taking bed check for Reggie White and bed check for Steve Young. And these guys are old. They're almost as old as I am. Some of them have kids. And, and it's like, all right, good night. Like good night. It's just the routine that you have. Some when you take bed checks, some guys are on the phone with their wife. Some are watching uh, whatever they watch on TV or um, on their laptop. And some are sleeping. Some are nervous. Some are, you know, buying and selling stocks. Some are. It's it's such an eclectic group. From from age 22 to 38 and 40, it's quite a range of uh, maturity. Is what it is, and so uh, challenges, yes. Dealing with egos sometimes, yes. But for the most part, uh, these guys are awesome, hardworking. They know that that football is very temporary, and they can be done on any single play in the game or practice. Their career could be over. So, so they train like crazy, and and uh, for the most part, they do the very best they can. Fair enough. Okay, you got me on that. Okay, all right. I I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna go do like a hundred push-ups for asking for using a negative word like worse. I I think in my mind I meant having to deal with not being able to totally control what your team is gonna be. Either way, yeah, there are things you right. absolutely see. There are things you can't control. Right. You bet. And you and you wish you could. You wish you could. Doesn't matter how much they pay you or what they give you as a title. You can't control everything. So you got to worry about what you can control and then hope to God that the things that you can't control uh, go smoothly for right. the most part. But, right. I love right? that. Well, that's the attitude. I guess that's the one that keeps you sane. It sounds like co- talking to the Mooch, Coach Steve Mariucci. Okay, I want to talk about your charity event. I want to talk about – that's where I met you, um, and I met Coach Izzo, and I met your sister. Playing, go- I played golf with her. We, we, I, think Cheryl. We, I, I think we won it. Yeah. I think we won the thing. Yeah, I don't think so. You won it? Did you? Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty like a three of a golf ball. Cheryl and I lit it up. I'm just telling you. And she was an athlete, man. We had a great time. But I think you can check with her. I'm pretty sure we won it. I'm going to check with her. Check the record. I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking on my shelves right now. There's a lot of trophies, Coach, and I'm looking and see if I see the beacon. All right. Okay. Look, seriously, what? Tell me about this. And you and you and Coach Izzo, another thing that y'all do together, and it's the Beacon House. And, you know, this is – I love this part of you. And and a lot of our friends, that's how we all got to know each other at some point in our lives, whether we're, we're ready or not to give back. You can't give back soon enough. And so I had to learn that, you know, and, and my wife was always going like, look, it's time, it's time. And I said, I don't have time yet. I don't have time. And then finally I made the time, and it's been the most glorious thing we've ever done. So yeah. tell me about what's going on there. Okay, so <clears> – <throat> Izzo and I, you know, we always felt that 
you know, we're, we're kind of hometown boys, you know, we're kind of small town guys and, and, uh, we credit, we credit our coaches and our teachers and certainly our parents for any kind of, any kind of success we ever have in, in any facet of our lives. We, we were, we were very lucky to be mentored by some really awesome people. Okay. So we think giving back is the right thing to do. So we have actually built the Izzo Mariucci uh, Fitness Center in Iron Mountain High School. It's a whole new building, which has classrooms, cafeteria, weight room, uh, the whole thing uh, there, uh, and we're very proud of that. And then we, we did the same thing at Northern Michigan University. We built the Izzo Mariucci Academic Center for uh, the athletic wow. department. Love it. And so those are the things that Iz and I did together. This Beacon House thing is pretty much my my deal. Um, Tom's got some things going on um, downstate too, but but he has come to the event. Was he there when you were there? Yes. Yeah. We had to, we okay, talked so for a little while. Yeah, it was great. He's been to it twice in ten years, but he supports it, of course. We uh, the Beacon House is like a Ronald McDonald House in that it it houses people that are getting treatment in the hospital, whether it's families, parents, patients. Uh, you know, for free oh. uh, when they can't afford another bill, right? So, but it's not Ronald McDonald because Ronald McDonald supports children's hospitals only. Oh. And so, Marquette General was not, it's just a children's hospital, it's a general hospital. So, it's got to be all privately funded. Well, what happened was the hospital now is moving to the other side of town and building a new one. So, we've got to go with them. So, I'm building a new beacon house. It's going to be called the Steve Mariucci Family Beacon House. Wow. And and I I love I love we we've already provided over two hundred and fifty thousand guest nights for free uh, for the people in the UP that are that are getting uh, medical attention at the hospital. And, and so we need a we need a bigger and better one. So my mission in life right now, or one of my missions, is to get that built. And we're uh, we're headed in that direction. We don't have a shovel in the ground yet, but we're getting close to our goal. That's just absolutely amazing. Well. That's awesome. I mean, I've, my my brother's on the board of St. Jude, and uh, oh. he's an orthopedic surgeon, and he's chief of staff. At, he's got the Grizzlies and all that, and he uh, awesome. he loves uh, he, you know his his pride is St. Jude, and it was our family's pride. I got I got to know Danny Thomas when I was a little kid. Yeah, he really? Was, yeah. Oh yeah. It was in. It, listen, it was like being in the room with a coach talking about somebody very stern and focused. And I was fourteen or fifteen, and they had me play on this. You know, the, back in the telethon days. And I was, he reminded me of my grandfather. My grandfather, I don't think I ever saw him smile until he was about to pass. And he's just a tough man, you know what I mean? And so, uh-huh. um, and I think probably he was smiling because he said, I'm so tired of all these grandchildren. <laughs> just, you know, like, I'm ready to fly, man. Get me out of here. So, no, but he That's was funny. an amazing man. Did you man. know this, Steve? Did you know this? Um, Rich Eisen, who I work with at the NFL Network, he does what we call, or he calls, the Run Rich Run kind of program. It raises money for St. Jude's Hospital. I was talking to Steve Mariucci. Coach, we got to talk refs real quick. So I got issues. I know the people that put on the stripes. I know they're great people before they put them on, but something happens. All right. I, we were in New Orleans this past year. We were down the street. And I guess the best way to explain it is – Friends of ours, mom has had bars on bourbon and bar, and she moved down across Canal, and everybody's in there, and this whole game is a celebration until the very end, and then all of a sudden you go numb. Yeah. And I watched her go from ten to zero because I started thinking about the economic impact to her, 
two weeks later, yeah. to the city. And it, it just, I don't get it. And I know they're talking about these rules changes and all that. I mean, yep. your take on all of that and and the yep. the realistic, is it going to be realistic that they're going to be able to do something that would fix a situation like that? Okay, first of all, yeah, that was awful. The Rams-Saints call you're talking about yep. late in the game that would have provided the Saints really with a win. Okay, <clears throat> we've been playing NFL football for 100 years, right? And that call might have been the biggest blown call we've had in a century. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I wasn't around when Jim Thorpe was playing, but but uh, I don't. I don't remember a call that egregious. Okay, a missed call. We're with the Mooch, Coach Steve Mariucci. We're going to be right back. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar, back with the Mooch, as they call him. The difference in, with Coach Izzo, he's on the sidelines, a basketball coach versus you in the NFL or in college, being a head coach, what can you get away with verbally that he can't? When I was coaching, I would have the get this. I would have all the officials' names and numbers on my call sheet. Okay, so I would try to schmooze them before the game. <laughs> hey, Bill, how you doing, man? How's the family? And then I would tell the quarterback, you know that guy that's right behind you with that white hat on. Get to know him. Be chummy with him because you know what? His job is to protect your butt. All right. So get to know these guys on a personal level, and then and then during the game. Because you, you might have a relationship with them, not relationship, but just you know each other by name. <laughs> hey, Joe, what the heck was that called? Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you can get a little more animated than that. But they don't, if you ever notice, coaches don't get penalized in the National Football League. I think Marty Schottenheimer got penalized once because he walked out to the numbers. Right, that's my point. Yelling. It's like you, get, you guys you get to have away with the most lot, fun. If, if they know you and if they say, okay, back up, coach, back up, or ignore you, that kind of thing. In basketball, they'll give you a technical so fast. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's different. It should, it should be different. It should be different. Um, but when Izzo was an assistant coach at Northern Michigan, he was an assistant first, like everybody. Right. He led the league in technical fouls. That's my man right there. I love that. As an assistant. As an assistant. Come on. Yeah, because their assistants aren't supposed to be running their mouth. They they use that. Yeah, you're going to be seen right. and not heard. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, that's that's awesome. Well, look, Coach, I'm going to let you uh, – I'm going to let you venture off back into your day. And uh, so what's – before you go, what's – like your regular week with uh, where do you have to go to, to, to do your TV thing, your analyst thing? Yeah. Well, he's a good thing. Uh, you know, I coached football for 29 years and a lot of different stops. Um, but with different television, and I work for the NFL Network, in television, Steve, you can live really anywhere you want. You just got to get to your shows. You, you, you don't do shows every single day, at least I don't. So our studio is in Los Angeles. I live in Northern California. Uh, Michael Irvin lives in Dallas. 
You know, mm-hmm. Kurt Warner lives in Phoenix. We all just fly in for the shows. Yeah. And night then before? if it's Thursday night football, yeah. we fly to the site. If it's the Super Bowl or Combine, we fly to the site. Um, so it, the, the routine is kind of helter-skelter. Uh, every week is a little bit different based on if we're doing Thursday night football or not. In the off-season, I'm doing Combine draft, draft prep, draft mock draft shows. I'm calling some Alliance football games, which is a lot of fun. This spring league, I got. I think it's got a chance. I think it's a good. It's a good idea yeah. for developing players, coaches, and officials. In fact, these officials, 60% of them are on the develop, NFL developmental list. That means they're being trained to be next officials in the NFL. Wow. I love the concept. So is it like a D league? Yeah. I guess for basketball, Triple A baseball. It's like Triple A in baseball. Yeah, it's like it. the next step up because most of these guys have played. In and, of course, a lot of the coaches have coached in the NFL. Mike Marson and Steve Spurrier and Mike Singletary and Mike Riley. These, they've been NFL head coaches. Right. So these kids are getting coached well, and, they're in a, and many of them will bounce right back into the National Football League. So, anyway, so that's keeping me busy, too. I, I get some time off, Steve, after the draft, end of April, to do my charity stuff. And the Mariucci Family Foundation, we get going. I got a bocce ball event. With John Madden, we've been doing it for 21 years. We've raised $8 million. And, uh, you know, some golf events like you've been to and some different things we're building the Beacon House. So um, for about two and a half months, I'm off, but I'm doing charity stuff that my family loves to do. Love and it. so we keep busy in a different way in the off season. Well, do me a favor. That's beautiful. Tell Cheryl I said hello and check on to see if we I won. Will. At least the worst thing we did is finish second. I know, I know that we got some hardware. I'm telling you. I'm going to do some research. Do some do research. Some research. You probably pulled out your foot wedge quite a bit. <laughs> well, you can do it in these events, whatever it takes, you know. But let me tell you real quick, you you talk about events. I just got a text last night, and I, I thought I was free. I was heading to the, the Gulf Coast, and now I've been diverted because John Daly says, you got to come to Covington, Louisiana, since you're going there, and you have to come play some songs with me because he's hitting balls off a tee at a charity event there. So okay. speaking of charity events, I just got, uh, that's where I'm going to do. I've already packed the car. And now instead of going straight to the Gulf Coast, I'm going to have to veer, veer, uh, a, a, you know, head west uh, for a minute. So there you go. I'm, if I survive John, then, you know, it's always a good thing. Yeah, that'll be fun. You've been very generous with your time and money and everything else, too. Oh, boy. Wow. I, I really tip my hat to you, Steve. Not, not doing nearly enough. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate you. We've been with Steve Mariucci, the great coach, the mooch. And you're in a Mississippi Minute, and now you're not. Later on. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. You can hear the show Saturday afternoons 1 until 3, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Gary Klein and Kelly Jordan are our pros from the Bassmaster Elite Series. Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon takes care of all of our big game needs. Plus, Tom Dockin and Ronnie Smith will help you build a better bird dog. Not to mention the fact that we just have a whole heck of a lot of fun with a lot of great guests. I hope you'll be a regular. Hey, we'll see you in the camp house this Saturday at 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Want to know what's happening with your Ole Miss Rebels? Get insights and analysis from Brian Scott Rippey and Colin Brewster on each episode of the Rebel Report Podcast. You'll get the inside track on Ole Miss Athletics. The Rebel Report Podcast is free and available on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Rebel Report on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Rebel Report Podcast from Supertalk Mississippi. Better than finding an open parking spot on the square. 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.